Welcome to the Higher Self Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to help you unravel anything keeping you from a life of true abundance, joy, and happiness, which is your birthright. Each week, we'll bring in different guests specifically tailored to help you on your journey to discovering your higher self, whether it's spirituality, business, finances, health, or relationships, there are no topics that are off limits. So get ready and enjoy this week's episode of The Higher Self. If you've ever wanted to make a shift in your life financially, if you've ever wanted to make a shift in your life in terms of what you focus on, what, you passion, what you're passionate about, I think this week's episode is going to be absolutely incredible. I want to introduce you to my friend, Josh Trent. Josh, say hello. Hello, everybody. <laughs> and I love having you here. And I love the fact that, you know, it was so interesting, guys, but we really do just flow on these shows. Like there was no plan. There was no nothing. I, to me, that's my comfort zone, you know? And so I thought to ask you about something that a lot of people have a, a tough time with, and that is just making a pivot in their career. And you did something seven or eight years ago that most people would love to do, right? Yet are afraid to do. Uh, and you pulled it off. And that was that you started a, a podcast, Right. And you started a podcast called, what's the name of it again? At the time, it was Wellness Force Radio. Wellness old, Force Radio. Old school. Wow. I yeah. like that. And yeah. what is it now? Now it's Wellness and Wisdom. Wellness and Wisdom. Yeah. Beautiful. So I want to start there and that will, I'm sure, lead us to other things because I bring this up. We're in a day and age where so many people would love to do something different than what they're doing, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. they- keep themselves in this box and in this paradigm that tells them that they cannot be or do or become something else. And you just pulled it out of nowhere. You started doing something way back when it wasn't even that popular. And here you are today, you have an incredibly popular show, right? So first things first, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me about your, your, your family life. What is that like? And then we'll get into the question. Well, I'm a Taurus. I love long walks on the beach. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a deeply spiritual man. You know, I'm, I'm like you. I, I want to know the truth about things. I want to understand like what is the essence of that truth in a model that I teach for myself and that I've been learning over the past eight plus years and then 10 years. My background was in fitness. I was a trainer for 10 years. But this model, Danny, is, is the mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, and financial ways that I nourish myself and that I nourish my business and my children and my woman and just my life. And so that never came online for me until I had the core experience to understand what that actually means. So in 2015, when I started the podcast, I really thought I was late to the game. I was like, I see all these people like the Lewis Howes and the Ben Greenfields that have been out for like three or four years. And I really thought to myself, how can I do this? How can I make a life out of this? I had no freaking idea how I was going to do it. But there was a part of my heart and soul where I just trusted. I yeah. trusted. And honestly, yeah. it was through contrast. If you want to know the real origin of the pod, I know you have your own reasons for starting your show and maybe that crystal behind you is part of it. But I think about for myself, like it was birthed through pain. It was birthed through adversity. And so 2014, I broke up with a woman that I thought I was going to marry. I put my mom in a mental home. She struggled with bipolar. And I got fired from a quote, safe corporate job that really looking back was the most epic gift I could have ever received. And so I'll never forget this, man. I was um, overlooking a golf course in La Costa, which is um, like North San Diego. And it was three in the morning. I had had all my stuff. I still have the pictures that I reflected on just recently, actually. I had all my stuff in duffel bags outside of my Subaru Impreza, staying in my friend's spare bedroom 75k in debt no relationship no real understanding of myself really just driven by scarcity driven by the the lack that is this illusion of myself that people tend to believe i definitely believed it then and so it afforded me this moment of complete and total catharsis where i just dropped to my knees that night and i just cried i was 35 years old yeah 35 years old uh, no relationship. Life looked totally fucking different than how I thought it was going to look at 35. Like a friend of mine, Christine Hassler, she calls it expectation hangover. Like I had a huge spiritual, emotional hangover. And I just, it was the first time where I had really authentically connected with God, like some higher power. How did that happen? I dropped to my knees. It was super misty on the golf course. And it was so like, you were out on the golf, course. I was out on the golf course. I was like the first night I got there 
and I was just super depressed. I was like, okay, God, you know, and I've never, thank, thank God, I've never thought about killing myself or ending my life, but I just asked God, God, if you want my life to be this, if you want me to have a cog in a wheel for someone else's dream, like, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to live this life anymore. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be some wheel for someone else when really I hadn't developed the courage inside of myself to love and believe myself that I could hold powerful conversations, that I could serve other people, that I could do the things that I'm doing now. Like I just, I felt it. It's almost like my dream was in a little box. And from like 2011, when I left fitness to 2014, I would like open the box, make sure my dream was in there, close the box. <laughs> and I can laugh at it now, but it was, it was torture. And for those of us that are wanting to really evolve into the higher self, we, we get caught in these cycles of like, do I have the courage? Do I not? Can I do it? Maybe I shouldn't. All the program we receive from our lineage, from our grandparents, our parents, our mom, our mom and dad, bless them because they know not what they do. And so that was the night where I just, I said, I'll do anything it takes. I'll work as hard as I need to work. I do not want to live if you want me to live like that, God. So please show me the way, you know, show me the way. Like what, what is the way? I don't know the way. You know what and I think? Was it. I think uh, I'm going to say something. I think because of religion for the most part. And, and by the way, I, I want to explain because I don't think I've ever said this on the podcast. Religion is anything that causes you to believe that you need something else outside of you to have a relationship with God. Now, I, wa I want to be careful with this uh, because even the word relationship gets misconstrued. So if you have to go somewhere, if you have to listen to someone else, if you have to read something, mm -hmm. if you have to wait for someone to come and save you, this is a religion. That should be very, very clear. Sure. Because, you know, uh, in, in modern religion, you, you, you get, you control people's minds by saying things like it's relationship or religion. No, 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 it's all It's all the same thing. Like literally when you go deep into the heart, the depths of your heart and soul, and you go on this journey, you realize there was nothing separating you from God, which even God puts this, this, set, this source of love and all creation into this little box, right? that is just waiting to connect with you. And all you literally have to do is get to that place where you fall on your knees and go, w what's up, let's, let's talk. And then mm -hmm. if you just listen, right? If you just listen, and maybe sometimes it's audibly, and sometimes it's you feel it, right? Or sometimes the next morning you wake up and someone shows up in your life, or sometimes you know you end up going somewhere where you're supposed to be, Sometimes you look down on your phone and you're meeting something and you're talking to someone about something and it says 1111 or you start noticing numbers and stuff where your spirit guides are actually guiding you. That's when you actually start meeting God, right? And so it's beautiful to me because the way it happened for me was I was on my knees as well, right? My mom had just just passed away. So I I I, I deeply value and understand that moment is, is what I wanted to say. Yeah. And the gravity is something that's universal. Unless you've had loss or experiential learning, it's really hard to cultivate the wisdom you just shared. Like if you're 21 years old, and no offense to any 21 year olds, like you can still have wisdom at 21. For sure. But like to take, to take that nugget of what you just shared and know that God is not outside of us. It's something that we have to have dogmatic beliefs about. It's really about an uncovering process of all the walls that I've built up to not trust you, to not trust God, to not trust the world. And, and, and honestly, dude, rightly so. I think the reason sure. why we protect our hearts is because we go through some shit. We go through some trauma. That's I know right. I know I have. Otherwise the hero's journey wouldn't exist. There'd be no such thing as separation, initiation, and return. So I can absolutely relate to that. And so can probably everybody with us. Like we have these losses of parents or injury or job or expectation hangover. We go through this stuff. And honestly, man, it's on purpose. Whether we manifested into our lives or whether that was in some kind of a divine soul contract that we signed up for and we're just kind of experiencing it now. So there's a lot there. That's a really big topic. And I, I and I want to ask you something because, you know, the more and more that I I I'm discovering the truth about life and therefore the truth about myself and therefore the truth about you and all of humanity, the more and more that I realize the importance that our mothers and fathers play in in our lives, right? Where quite literally the mother is the feminine representation of God and of love, and the father is the masculine representation, right? And mm -hmm. so, and I say this gently because I know that there is, 
same gender relationships out there. I, I, I don't in any way, shape or form want to say one is right or, or wrong or whatever. I, I'm just saying that, you know, for a human being to have a healthy relationship with life and themselves, they're going to need a masculine and feminine presence, right? A masculine and feminine energy. And, um, and, and I got to ask you, you know, it must have been really hard for you to put your mother, right? Who is that feminine representation of love, which correct me if I'm wrong, if she was suffering with what she was suffering with, probably couldn't express that love properly to you, right? What was that like? And looking back, how, how did that impact your life? I mean, the, the gravity of, <clears throat> for anyone that's ever dealt with mental illness themselves or had a loved one with mental illness, it can either break you or it can make you. And for a long time, I would say that it broke me. It really was the fuel for me to have unconscious relations with women, sexually, pornography, uh, marijuana, MDMA, you name it. But it, it wasn't until, honestly, that moment that I shared with you where I cracked open a little part of the feminine in myself, you know, like being in the presence of that much pain. If you look at the archetype of the feminine, it embodies darkness. Mm -hmm. The feminine is about expansion, exploration, darkness. So me hard charging from the pain that I honestly didn't have the tools to look at because of the relationship with my mom. It, I can look back on myself with compassion at that point and say, okay, well, all of this happened because I choose it happened for me in this way. Not to me, I'm not some victim. This isn't a victim consciousness conversation. It's more like the impact of having a mother with mental health issues is that I really was put into a gauntlet for me to have the most contrasted upbringing you could imagine because I never really as a young boy or even a teenager and adolescent going from house to house, parents split up, you know, broken home, quote, quote, not having that really forged me to figure it out myself. And so as I was forced to figure it out myself, I had to develop a part of myself that could handle almost anything after that. Because the deepest wound that I receive and that we receive is from our mother and father. And the deepest wounds that they receive is from theirs, our grandparents. That's right. And so Alan Watts says, you know, it's all wretch and no vomit. We're all just hurt people, hurt people, hurting each other, and nobody ever throws it up like in a medicine ceremony. That's exactly, that's exactly. We don't, we exactly don't throw it up, that's right? Exactly, and yeah. so, so what did it, how did it impact me having a mother with a mental illness? It really shunted a part of myself that I wasn't able to access my own feminine because I would be angry, unconsciously angry at my mother for having a disease, angry at God for allowing her to have that disease, angry at churches for many similar reasons that I think you and I shared in our past our mothers would go to the church, yet they weren't supported when the brass tacks really fell. And so for me, it was like a gift that I'm choosing to unwrap, but it wasn't that way for probably 15 years. And honestly, it wasn't until I started eating some really severe humble pie to know that I'm not the only one on a planet of almost 8 billion people that had a mother with mental health issues that you know i'm not necessarily a special snowflake i know i'm special just like you just like all of us but my my understanding of mental health as i know it now is we are all just cleaning up the fragments of our lineage and as i clean up my lineage it's every action that i do that cleans it up so when i'm kind when i don't want to be when i give my woman a hug and a kiss even if we're mad when i hold my son even if he's been keeping us up for three hours at night like these little micro choices that I've made, especially in the past two years becoming a father, have taught me so much about how I love my mom and how I actually just fully accept her for all the imperfections. She's in the hospital today, actually. So, you know, love and, and homage to my mom in this moment. She made choices in her life that have put her in a path of disease. And so part of my life's work is to serve from my own wound but not allow the, the, the wisdom that I have to share to be clouded by that wounding. I love that. And so 
it's also beautiful because that's what led you to do the podcast. That's right. And and I, I want again, yeah. I'm not saying everybody go start a podcast. What I am saying is I, I want you to look deep into Please don't. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, work, yeah. It, it is. Yeah. But but I but I want you to look deep into the fact that this man took pain and transmuted it into something that that became beautiful for him. You know? Talk to us about that. Well, if you look at any archetype in the universe, you, you cannot have inside without outside. You cannot have yin yang without the snake eating its tail. I cannot know. You don't know what it's like to hold the child in your womb, right? Because you're not a woman. I don't know what that's like either. But I can have an understanding that she's so separate from me, yet so beautiful, exactly like I am as a man, that that is the opposite of polarity. That is the negative and the positive, the dark and the light. So the more that I try to be like a woman or the, or the more that women try to, quote, be like a man, mm -hmm. it's just a, a fabricated construct that our society has created anyways about what makes a man, what makes a woman. I think at the core of your question, there's really a, a deeper question that we're all trying to understand, and that is, what is this pain doing for me? Or am I just supposed to suffer alone in a cauldron of this pain? Is this pain actually of service to me? Am I, am I doing something useful with the pain? Or am I allowing the pain to make me a victim? And there's courage in the middle of that that has to be accessed. Yeah, and I, and I was even going to say, what what am I am I courageous enough to allow the pain to help me transform my life? Am I courageous enough to allow the pain to become a gift for me? Yep. Right. Because yeah. I think that you know it's this is this is a, a, a topic that has been coming up for me quite a bit. Is that um, I realize that in certain relationships in my life, for example. I have been a protagonist to pain. Unbeknownst, I, I thought I was doing what's right, right? And I'm starting to realize that for some human beings who haven't addressed certain fragmented parts of themselves, mm. they are literally still living life as a, the wounded little boy and little girl. That's it. That they, they respond to every conversation. They fight back. They go into defense. They go into you know, a victim mentality where no one is ever going to hurt them again. Mm. And the way that they defend themselves is to lash out and to blame and to argue and to, you know, defend their perspective, right? And then I did not realize this until recently, but I also get to choose how I'm going to respond, right? So what's been happening is my ego, right, and my defense of myself, cause me to respond back in the way that I know how to respond, right? In the way that I know how to press buttons and I know how to dig and I know how to make myself feel better by making someone else feel not so good. Mm -hmm. And I finally started to realize, whoa, I'm doing the exact same thing. So then what do you do? What do you do when you're dealing with someone that potentially is still living life as that wounded little boy or little girl? You get Number one, with all of life, you get to choose right? You get to choose. And then number two, you get to have the courage to let go of the version of yourself that you have been being in that situation with that human being, mm -hmm. right? And you get to choose and say, I'm now aware, right? I'm now aware that this person is being this certain way with me or that I, I take responsibility, am causing this person to be this way with me, but I also get to choose how I'm going to respond back. Yes. Right? But, the, but these protection mechanisms are so deep and so unconscious that in order to go in there, you may need kind of like a shock and a paddle system. Uh -oh. you, you may need a deep breathwork ceremony. You may need to sit with some sort of You medicine. may need to go, yeah. You may need to have a cathartic experience, not necessarily to make that the end all be all golden ticket of your healing, but you need some kind of starting place that is so, this is why people go to Tony Robbins, right? This is why people go to all these emotional intelligence conversations, uh, conferences. Because they're looking for like, uh, in their mind, they're looking for um, a shortcut, but there ain't no shortcuts. But there is these starting places where you have to give, and I remember talking to, um, to John Gray about this, you have to give your nervous system and your mind some type of different environment so that it can have neuroplasticity. In other words, you have to have a new environment that's radically different than the environment that is poisoning your thinking on a continuous basis. Yeah. And some people travel the world, they go on boats, they like, you know, you ever heard of like the, the I'm gonna travel and find myself. Yeah. It's like, well, 
yourself is with you on the very first trip. So I think what you're really poking at is this part of ourselves that is looking for it to be easier. And I don't know. I remember we talked about this already. Like it, it's not supposed to be easy because if really knowing thyself and understanding the ways that I unconsciously project or, I, or I'm the protagonist, if I knew how to solve it with the snap of fingers, I probably would, but it's the wisdom of the pain that I, uh, that I assimilate on the journey that actually allows me to be a badass man or a badass woman. That's what makes me strong is the journey itself. That's why when Gilgamesh came back with the silver cup, it wasn't about the silver cup. It was actually stolen by the snake. Gilgamesh came back and he had the story, dude. The story was the wisdom. The story was what made him strong, not necessarily the thing. So I think it's a it's an interesting dichotomy in our mind that we fight. Yeah, and I, you know what, man? I, I think I'm going to take that and simplify it. And for, because for a lot of people, that could go over their head, right? And I think I want to take that and say, number one, I will say this. I will say that I know people who have sat with ayahuasca, DMT, mushrooms, bufo, cambo, LSD, every psychedelic that you can possibly imagine, probably a hundred times over and still wear masks and still haven't gone in and still have not gone in and healed some of these woundings because I, 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 I just sit and I'm aware, you know, and it's okay. It's okay. So I will say to your credit, yes, there is no easy way out, but it's, yeah. you know, my message to all of you guys is start with something, mm -hmm. start with something because you only get to a place where you're sick and tired of being sick and tired enough, right? Eventually you have to start seeing the patterns. Eventually you have to start realizing that every relationship is the same exact thing. Every relationship, you're arguing, you're fighting, you're kicking, you're screaming, you're slamming doors, you're yelling at each other, you're not talking to each other for two or three days. Uh, one person sleeps on the couch, the other one sleep, person sleeps on the bed, and then finally something happens. No one ever apologizes, by the way, because that takes courage to apologize. No one ever actually owns up to what they did and who they were being in that moment of the argument. And it's just a lifelong of arguing. And if that's the life you want to choose, God bless you. You get to choose to live that life. But it takes courage to step out of that rat race, that rat race of being this version of yourself that you're being in relationship with another person. Yes. And it's a courage that a lot of people don't have. And so that's why I think so many people are afraid of plant medicine or breath work. Because brother, we say this every week on every episode. And I'm telling you right out, when you're committed to the truth, you will be knocking, you'll be knocking at the door. You'll be saying, okay, I, I'm ready. What do I got to do? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Whether it's Awaken being sold out or yoga retreats being sold out or medicine retreats all over the world being sold out, I think it just takes courage and you got to at least be ready to try, you know, to open that door to release, like you said, which is a thing that so many people are afraid sure. of. Whenever I talk about ayahuasca, for example, people go, but I heard you throw up and I say, yes, that's what you want to do. Yes. Because yes. you've been holding on to so much shit your entire life in your body literally in your cells, in your DNA, in your hips, in your thighs, in your neck, and in all of your body that when you finally get to release it, it's gone forever, man. And that's where the healing process begins. Well, it doesn't sound that easy or simple, brother. Well, it's as easy as just letting go. That's the easy part, mm -hmm. you know? But getting, I wanna play advocate. I'm not gonna use the D word. Let's go. The advocate is, I think that on one level you are correct. It is simple, but a lot of times in life, the, the most simplest stuff ain't easy at all. Right. So you yeah, may yeah. be right in, in some fashion that, that accepting that I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired or accepting that from this day forward, I choose that my life will be different because I say so in that declaration. In order to even get to that point where there is a switch to be, to be flicked, there, you and I have had to experience our own unique, all of us have had to experience our own unique trauma and drama. Yeah. <laughs> We've had to go through it. So I wish, I honestly wish it wasn't that way, but it fucking is. It just is. And and the more that we resist it by saying, I wish it was easier or I'll do it later, or I got to find the right mentor or excuse, excuse, excuse. Right. I can say with compassion because for a, I'm 42, for a long time in my life, I've made all kinds of excuses to not look at my pornography addiction to not look at the ways that I didn't have access to my feminine, to not look at my father wound, to not look at my mother wound. 
And all of this, you know, it, it's not to to harp on my previous self. It's actually to say, like, man, I love you. Like you did, you did an amazing job. You just didn't have the proper tools. And so, hopefully, today we're bringing some, we're flushing some of these tools out. For sure, for sure. So, so as we talk about tools, because I still want to get to the podcast, right? Because I think another side note for so many people, it's so hard to even have the resources right? Yes. Financial and just the time to be able to get away. Right. Mm. And so this is why I want to encourage people. Right. And I think this is why it's something that you did so well. Right. Um, when, when we talk about the tools, what are the tools? The tools for growth in podcasting? I guess they're very no, similar. No, no, no. The tools for healing. The First tools for healing. Ahead. Okay. Yeah. So we'll go back to the podcast. Yeah. We'll go back to the so, podcast. So the tools for healing first and foremost is our ability to access our conscious breath. And I know this is something that you've talked about in your show, I've talked about on mine, but here's the kicker, man. Are you actually doing it? Just because you know something, oh yeah, I know I need to do breath work. <laughs> it's like, just because you know you need to do something does not mean you're going to have the capacity to do it. So, so, let's, so let's, let's give it to them. Yes. Right? Yes. If simple one minute pattern, what could they do? Great. Two styles. Two styles. The first, so we have... We have over a thousand students um, in the breathe program. And so one of the things that I love doing, I, it's funny, I just did it earlier this morning with a guest. So it's cool timing. This is just conscious connected breathing. So I put one hand on the hara, which is actually the space between your pubic area and your belly button. And so you're going to take three fingers and just put them on your hara. Take your other hand and put it right on your heart. Make sure that your feet are on the ground, right? Barefoot is the best. And all you're going to do is just take a big breath in through your nose, belly rises. So inhale through your nose, belly rises. Exhale through your mouth, belly falls. Now I'm going to guide you through this and Danny's going to do it on the camera too. Keep breathing like a circle. In your mind, visualize a circle. Inhale through your nose, belly rises. Exhale through your mouth, belly falls. Now on these next three breaths, do it, but make sure that you inhale through your nose, belly rises. Exhale through your mouth, belly pulls into your spine. So feel that expansion and contraction. Inhale through your nose, belly rises. Fill the balloon behind your belly button. Exhale, collapse the balloon. Two more just like that. If you're in the car, don't close your eyes. Pulling it in. One more. And just return to our normal breathing and just notice how with those handfuls of breath, your entire physiology changes. It's so simple, right? But we don't do it because we don't create the space like you just did. Dude, I'm literally smiling. For us to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that's circular breathing. So circular breathing on a scientific level, it brings us more oxygen to the brain. Um, Dan Brule, who was Tony Robbins' breath coach, he actually said that when you do three rounds of what we just did, in about uh, three minutes or less, it increases over a 200, don't, don't quote me on the percentage, two to 300% more oxygen to the brain. A shit ton of And percentage. more life to the brain, a, a shit ton of percentage than you normally would breathing through your scalenes. Right? Okay, so, so stop this. So this is for everybody. Like, this is for everybody, but this is an energizing practice. There's also a grounding practice we can do. So first thing in the morning, for example. First thing in like, the morning. Like I'm ready to hit the gym right now, to be honest. Yeah, or, right, right. Or, or feeling depressed. Okay. Or feeling anxious? Anxious would be a different style. Show me that one. So anxious is the box breathing. So this is what Navy Special Warfare does when they're amping to go, honestly, to fight. Or it could also be, I've done this before. I've like stepped on a stage doing the box breathing. Feels good to breathe, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I, this is my favorite thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So box breathing is where you're going to inhale through your nose for four. You're going to hold for four. I'm going to draw a box. You're going to exhale for four. And then you're going to hold, hold for four. And we'll okay. just do two rounds of that. Let's so same exact thing, you guys. Obviously, if you're driving, pull over. Okay, inhale through your nose for four. Belly rises. Hold. Exhale. Hold. Inhale. Hold. Audible exhale. Ah. Hold. Take a big breath in. Pull your air. Visualize it going into your crown. 
Feel your cerebral spinal fluid go all the way up to the top of your head. Let it go. <sighs> a lot of the times what I'll do with students is you actually did pretty good, but I'll have somebody lay in the ground. I'll put a, a sandbag on their stomach so they actually know what it is to breathe into their belly. And I think this is an important topic that I, I, I feel called to share. Number one, by the way, thank you for that. I recommend you guys save that, go back because that's that. simple. You guys can do that. That's free, y'all. That's yeah, anywhere, yeah. anytime, any, you know, that's mm -hmm. like God given, right? So number one, I remember when I first started breathing like this, I understood and I started to realize that I was breathing through my chest and my clavicle. Yes. And if you look at like dogs, for example, when dogs are laying, they they don't have any any of this like mental stuff that we human <laughs> beings have. So right. their, 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 their bellies are constantly expanding. Yes. So what yeah. you said was so important, Josh, is that you want to consciously allow your belly to expand. That for some of you who are deeply wounded in shame, one of the things that we can be ashamed of is our own bodies. Mm -hmm. And we're ashamed of our stomachs and the way they look or they're supposed to look or whatever the case may be. And so when you're consciously are able to breathe and allow your belly to expand and retract, it's like you're teaching your body at the cellular level that you are okay with and comfortable with and in love with yourself and your own body. Just something as simple as that, right? So that's number one is that understand that most of us human beings, we breathe because of stress, anxiety, so forth and so on through our clavicles and our chest. And it's important that we teach ourselves to, to breathe through our belly. But the second thing, Josh, is number two is that I vividly remember, vividly remember when I was leaving the energy of shame, right? This was three and a half years ago or so. I vividly remember when I was told to place my hands on my belly and I was like, my belly is disgusting. My belly's too big. My be I don't have the six pack that I've always wanted. Or and, and all these thoughts started to just pop up in my mind. And for all of you paying attention, when we talk about healing, that's the stuff you want to heal right there. That's where you get to go in and you have an opportunity to say, where did this come from, right? Mm -hmm. What does this really mean? What is this showing me about myself? And that's the beautiful thing about healing is that you can do that on your own, basically, without anything. Yes. And whatever arises, I would actually say, breathe naked in front of a mirror. Hell yeah. If you want to really yeah. heal, because that's going to show you everything that you're afraid of. That's right. And I mean everything, like the love handles, the tricep jiggles, like all of it. And if you can honestly get to a place over the course of time with the right support, the right community, uh, you will get to a place where you are maybe not 100% fully healed. Cause I don't know if we ever fully heal in this lifetime. I just think that you will get to a place where you are comfortable enough in your own skin to where when you show up with other people, you don't feel like you have to hide or that you're being judged or that you need to be different. All they, those things. Yeah. All those things. Yeah. Because it's it's actually the hiding and, and the majority of, you mentioned masks earlier. The majority of why I feel we wear masks is because we feel, the ego feels like we have to because without the mask on, we will be seen. Oh my God, what's going to happen if we're seen? If I'm fully seen, are you going to judge me, make fun of me like my dad did, like my brother did, like my mother did? Are you going to accept me and like me? We are all projecting, whether yeah. we want to believe it or not, we are all projecting, even right now, brother. We're, we're not perfectly healed. We're not nirvana yet. Yeah. Maybe in this lifetime, maybe not. We are all projecting on each other at all times. And hopefully through a conversation like this and the right tools and the right breath and all the good things we're doing, we just bring awareness to our own projections. I love that. And it's not to shame us because like, you know, forgive us. We have all been there. No, 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 right? no. That's what this is about. Yeah. It's just to make us all aware. Just That's to right. make us all aware. That's it. So, so then with that, right, I, I believe that the more than a human being can remove themselves from the energy of shame and guilt. They could they could slowly start to love themselves more. And the yes. more that they start to love themselves, the more that they want more for their life, the more that they want to be free, the, one, the more that they want to be free to express, the more that they wanna be free to see the world and travel, the more that they wanna be free to accept um, love from another human being and be in loving relationship. And as such, with all of that, the more that they want to be free to do their life's calling and make an earning from it. Yeah, no doubt. And be okay with that. If you're enjoying this episode, I wanted to remind you that this episode is being brought to you by the energy of healing and transformation. And it is your time to act now to transform your life by awakening your highest self. 
Join us March 23rd, 24th, and 25th in Austin, Texas, live at Awaken Your Highest Self. Tickets are on sale now. Go to dannymorell.com backslash awaken and reserve your seats today. You know, I've never thought of this ever. This is why I dig podcasting. I've never thought of this. Shame hates sharing. The antidote to shame is to share. And so if I'm, even when I'm sharing about my shame, I'm still sharing, which gives shame less darkness. When I'm, when I'm talking about how I'm feeling, when I'm sharing about my shame, I'm actually giving it the medicine that it's requesting, but it is the blockage of me sharing, you know, the opposite of depression is expression. So if I'm sharing about my shame, then not only does it, not only can I feel like that in my subconscious mind when I tell you, because the subconscious mind loves alliterations, right? Share and shame. It, it gives us an access point to begin the healing no matter where you are, because it could be somebody right now in Oklahoma, in downtown LA, in Florida, doesn't matter. You could be in freaking Ireland. We're all humans and we all have shame, which apathy and shame are the lowest frequencies. Shame is actually the lowest, the lowest frequency. frequency. If you look at Hawkins' work, right? right? Um, the, the scale of emotions and, and a really good book on that is Letting Go, which I'm sure you yeah, guys have talked absolutely. about. So yeah, that's really what this is about, dude. In the same way this light shines on us right now, there's nowhere for me to hide in this moment. What you see is what you get. I know that's what people get with you. Yeah. So there's no place to hide. And that's actually the medicine. That's the most beautiful medicine when you can't hide. And, and you know what the other beautiful thing that shame brings and a sharing brings is you get to liberate other people. Because when other people get to see your courage and sharing your vulnerability, like maybe you never knew that I used to be ashamed of my belly. Yeah. And then I had a hard time holding my hands on my belly. And maybe if you're out there, you go, oh my God. Are you fucking kidding me? Like I, I deal with <laughs> right, that too. Right, right. I deal with that too. Yes. And you get to see like, you're not alone. You're not alone. So that's the other thing. And this is, you know, when we're at Awaken, for example, we encourage people to share, to share because the sharing is healing for you, but it's also healing for the people around you that are listening. That literally, sometimes when you share, people go, whoa, that's my story too. I'm not alone. All this time I thought I was weird or something was wrong with me. And you get to see that, the story is just like your own. I was in a men's group in 2015, and it was based on the work of David Data, The Way of the Superior Man. Yeah. And there was a guy there. Um, I still had a pretty large money wound at that time. And it was like we went and we did like a microdose of mushrooms. And then we all were sitting in a circle. And he had always rubbed me the wrong way because he was one of these like hardcore, like, I'm going to make all this money and screw everybody else. That's his own journey now that I look yeah, back. Yeah. But at the time, he triggered me so much because he represented everything that I despised about people that were wealthy, everything that I despised. And I'll never forget, it was the exact healing that I needed in that moment because through the leadership that my, my leader, Johnny, was giving us, Johnny Blackburn, shout out to Johnny, and also through the medicine, we were in this space where I was able to actually see a part of his heart that was afraid of not making enough. And that was his motivation to make all this money. And when he told, when he shared about his shame that was driving him to make all the money, then he was trustable. Then I could let my guard down and I could be like, okay, brother, I see your heart. I understand what this is about for you. Thank you for being honest with me. Because before, when you were hiding your shame, when you weren't sharing your shame, I couldn't feel your heart. I couldn't connect with you. Right. You, and that seemed you weren't genuine, right. You, yeah. He wasn't trustable. Trustable, yeah. And that, that is a micro example of probably everything that all of us deal with all the time. Absolutely. Heart open, heart closed. And, and honestly, it doesn't have to take medicine. It can. Like I know you had profound experiences with that. Yeah. But, but even the fact that you and I are here talking about it is exactly what all of us need on a regular basis. It's what the truth is what washes out all the shame anyways. Yeah. So we may as well ramble around with our words until we figure out what the damn truth is. Yeah. Isn't absolutely. that what we're all practicing? Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So I want to get to the podcast now. I love how you pulled <laughs> us back. <laughs> because we have to, because okay. we have to, because I right. bet you they're probably, well, what about the fucking podcast? Yeah. So, but, but, but not from the perspective of the podcast. Sure. From the perspective of, I got up, I had a vision, I wanted something for my life and I made it happen. Right. And it's been eight years now. Yeah. And it feeds my family and I love doing what I do. Yeah, no doubt. Talk to us about that. What was that journey like for you? 
the first two years, I was flailing all over myself because I thought I had to speak and act in a certain way where I would be accepted and loved. And it wasn't until I got my ass kicked actually by a mentor in Las Vegas where he had me do this really simple exercise. He was like, take a piece of paper, write down 15 things you want in a partner. And I'm like, how is this going to make me a better podcaster, dude? What are you, what are you asking me to do right now? I came back, I, I handed it to him. He's like, great, cross off all the ones that have nothing to do with sex or intimacy. And that is exactly the kind of business you should run for yourself and partner with others about. And that was potent because one of the things that I wanted was a partner that I could trust. And he said, well, what do you not trust about yourself that you can't share with your audience? That's right. And I was like, oh, I can't share that I'm still figuring out wellness, that I actually don't know too much about wellness. And my 10 years as a personal trainer, like they brought me to this point, but I really don't have any understanding of what wellness truly is. And I'm afraid to share that. Yeah. And he's like, great, share that. <laughs> because it's, it's vulnerability. Because it's it's the, the vulnerability. Truth. And that was the turning point, bro. That was the turning point when the podcast actually got legs, like 2017, 2018. And that was like the major difference. And then I went through this death and rebirth process in 2021. It was actually, it's so funny. I'm reflecting on your podcast right now. We, uh, my partner and I, Carrie Michelle, we did a, a microdose of mushrooms. And I said, I've been feeling out of integrity in 2021. Like something doesn't feel right. What is this? I just, I don't feel good when I'm podcasting anymore. Something's just freaking off. And she's like, what is it? And I thought, oh, it's this word force. I don't like the word force. Force can't be trusted. Power can be trusted. Power comes from peace. And you know this from your real estate background. Like if you force something, yeah, people will do what you say, but they're only doing it because you're forcing them. Yeah. They don't really love and respect you. Yeah. But power is where you come from peace. And so I changed the name of the podcast on 2-22-22. I changed it. I got rid of wellness force. Dropped the radio a long time ago. Um, and I just realized that I really wanted wisdom. And I actually have to claim my woman on this because she said, why don't you replace force with wisdom? And of course, it was the feminine that taught me about my own podcast. Isn't that hilarious? The way it happens. It's no shocker. It's no shocker. So so that was a huge death and rebirth because I was like, oh my God, are people going to like me? Or are are they going to like the show now? Are they going to, oh, the, oh he, he changed the name. We're... And it, and it exploded. Yeah. And then every, the more honest I am with myself and with you, even about the shit that I don't want to be, the more people love and respect me. It's so uh, I, I want to share something. Um, our Instagram right now, our podcast, everything. I mean, I think we, I think the Instagram account is growing like, what is it? 90,000 per month right now or something like that. Something stupid, something dumb. Right. And, and I, and I can honestly say that it all started happening when I started to be my genuine, authentic self. When I stopped trying to like do the video with the expensive house in the background so that you could see it, like you know, you know, like with the, the Ferrari, with the, the Ferrari with the yeah, with, yeah. The, with the with the Bentley symbol on the back of sure. the of the hey seat. Hey guys, I'm in so, my garage. So I so I so I looked to the left so that you could see me so that you could love me because of my car. Yeah, my, yeah. you know. It all, it all started when I started to just be my authentic self, you know? And I would say, this is for anybody out there that wants to do anything great, honest to God, like the journey is going back to who you really are and trusting and loving who you really are and, and being okay with the fact that some people are gonna like what you do and some people are not, and that is okay. Dude. That is okay. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Rejection is real. Um, Rejection reminds me or all of us on our evolution of consciousness, what's not healed yet. So if I'm super sensitive, like YouTube comments for me are the worst because people, they hide behind their keyboard. They're just like, F you, F this, you're stupid. I mean, it's the, the stuff people write. I'm like, well, I'm glad I brought that out of you, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. but, but there has been parts of me that like would get offended by that, like deeply offended. And so I think no matter what's going on, there is some kind of cosmic mysterious reason why, why all of us get these macro and micro lessons of rejection. There's some, I don't exactly know what it is, but, but there's something that is always for us to learn in these moments. Well, if, if I may, it, it's, it's a journey back to peace. Because when a human being is truly peaceful, truly peaceful, nothing outside of them bothers them. 
Nothing outside of them moves them, right? And when a human being is truly peaceful, they can truly be their authentic self. And so it's it's really interesting because when you look at Hawkins' uh, scale of consciousness, right? And you look at like peace, peace is like right before enlightenment. Enlightenment is basically, I think you float off into the clouds or mm-hmm. I don't know what, what it's happens. It's like six or 700 or Yeah, whatever the case may be, that. right? Well, I can, I, can, <laughs> I can honestly say like that two years ago, right? My ego was like, oh yeah, you're right there at love. Like a bullshit. That's a sure bullshit. sign you're not. That's a sure sign that yeah. you're not. Yeah. That's a sure sign you're not. Yeah. But what I can tell you is, you know, I was, I remember driving, it was right here down the street. I remember driving, I was dealing with some stuff and I finally just decided to like, there was a moment where I like let go and I touched peace for the first time in my life. And it was the most, because peace is nothing. Like grab that guys. Peace is nothing. Peace is it's, it's because love is also nothing. Love is like everything and nothing all at the same time, you know? So to, so to truly accept and to truly love, right? There's no control. There's no want. There's no need. There's no, there's just acceptance. That's all there is, right? When you, and I can only say this because I feel this now, but in the moments where I am truly like connected at the heart, the mind and the body, with with my woman there's nothing it's just a sense of stillness and peace you know and so i say this because what i think these negative comments are trying to teach us it's trying to teach us and show us there's still more work yes you know what i'm saying i have more peace yeah yeah there's still more work because you know, last week, for example, we we grew by quite a bit because we posted a video. If I was a woman, I wouldn't open my door. I wouldn't pay for my dinner. Now, I know the context of that video was it was in a clip. It was a clip. It wasn't a speech that I was giving. It wasn't pre-written. It was a clip from an interview where I was talking to a woman in Italy where she was talking to me about how do we bring chivalry back. Oh. So then my answer was, oh, yeah. my answer was, well, if I, mm. I, these are the things that I wouldn't do, right? And then I happened to say a word like, I think I said demand or command or I don't know what. And that word alone triggered the shit out of people. And I thought to myself, wow, I'm going to say something. If you ever want to go viral, if you ever want to go viral when it comes to social media, you have to re- reach the unconscious. You have to. Because the more conscious you get, the less you are able to be moved. Things don't bother you. Even if you don't agree with the thing that you're seeing, you're just like, ah, well, God bless him. Or to be honest, you need so little outside information, you're not even looking. But the unconscious, they're looking. They're looking to be triggered. They're looking to fight. They're looking to argue. They're looking to not agree with something. So when they see it, guess what they want? That's the fuel. That's the fuel that their state of consciousness needs in order to live, literally to live. And when they get to fight and argue and defend their position, they come alive. It's literally like, oh, well, this is wrong because and they're just waiting and hoping. And they even put out the bait for someone else who is also unconscious to be able to comment. So that guess what starts? Then the argument and the fight starts because they live in a constant state of stress, uh, of stress. And the real gift in that is, is this, the more that those conversations happen, although uncomfortable, although unconscious, the, the greater, the less time and the greater capacity we have to actually heal. Because honestly, what's really going on, and you all feel this, when, when a woman is feeling threatened by a man wanting to open her door or by a man saying like you on the clip, I sh- you should demand that I open your door. That is actually in a true paradox what chivalry is about, but chivalry has been bastardized and been abused because you should never open a door for a woman because you expect her to do something. You should never buy flowers for a woman because you expect something from her. Women can sense that. And so maybe in the comments, what's been so angry and so hurtful towards women have been men that have behaved in a chivalrous way, but they always had an expectation because of their behavior. And that's probably where the wound is for most of these women 
And then also there's the whole fifth wave feminism element where they're actually accessing the same dark side of the patriarchy energy to go to work and to grind and hustle. And there's nothing wrong with that. But in in a woman's core, I, I definitely can feel, especially with my woman and just all the shows I've done, there is this relaxation point for her that she wants, but in true paradox, and I don't know what it's like to be a woman, she she doesn't maybe know how or she's been hurt by a man that doesn't allow her to trust that she can actually relax and let and him let open go. the door. Right, that's and exactly. let him, let, right, that's let right. him let go, let him open the door, like right. all that stuff. So I have compassion for that. And for also sure. I have a zero tolerance policy to engage with people at that level of consciousness because there's nothing I can do. Nothing I would get sucked into the vortex with them. So I just, and I've been sucked into the vortex. My buddy Luke says, "Block and bless." <laughs> block and bless. <laughs> you just know. block and bless some people. It's not that I'm not that we're better. No, 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 no. It, I just don't, don't want to participate. In, exactly. That's it. I love that. Final thoughts. Final thoughts for somebody that's out there that wants to heal, that wants a better life, that wants to that wants to grow. Well, look from my heart. Listen to wellness and wisdom because everything that we talk about. I love that. Everything that we talk about, and Danny's been a guest, which. That was one of the good ones. That was a, that good was one. a really good one. That was a good one. We kicked off the year with that one. Yeah. And um, the reason I say that is because all of us can be more wise. All of us can be more wise. And whatever level we're at, all of us can have more wisdom. We can embody wisdom. But you know, in order to do these things, we really have to embody the aspects of the Pentagon, which I've talked about. You know, the mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, and financial. Financial is a big Absolutely. one because we signed up here to, uh, on 3D Earth to 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 live in these bodies to do what we do, and it takes money to feed children. It takes it money to chase down our dreams. So, the the integration of those aspects of the Wellness Pentagon is really what not just what I think, Danny, but what I work on myself all the time, so that I can wear it and be it and breathe it and and embody it. And so I would say that you know go to joshtrent.com forward slash podcast. And listen to the episode with Danny, listen to our other shows. Like, you know, you will get conversations like this where a lot of times I might have questions and we throw them all away. <laughs> and it's like, it is just the moment. So, yeah. yeah, I would say that's a great place to start. And then also the two practices we did for the breathing. Um, you can find that at breathwork.io. I love that. And how do they find you on Instagram? Instagram, I need to talk to you about that checkmark thing. Uh, okay. Instagram is Josh Trent official, but there are all these, I've had like six imposter accounts. Uh, so just go to at wellness force and follow us there. Woo. Hey, I had to let go of that one. That was good. I appreciate you. I appreciate you for being here. Great. Thanks conversation, for having right? me, brother. Yeah, Thank man, you. Absolutely. That's this week's episode of the higher self. Listen, um, I rarely ask you to do this. I think this was a wonderful show. Go back and listen to that breath work and really understand. Sometimes take notes, write it down so that you learn how to do it on your own. And if it brought you any value, give the show a little rating. Just write a review because I actually read them and I'd love to hear what your thoughts are about the, about the show. We'll see you next week on another episode of The Higher Self. Thanks for watching or listening. If this week's episode resonated with you deeply and you're ready to discover more about yourself, go to dannymorell.com and check out some of our upcoming events and our resources. Or if you'd like to learn more about our coaching programs, simply shoot us a message on Instagram and one of our team members will reach out to you immediately.